0: Good morning. Good morning, welcome as we come to worship uh, this morning, I was my phone I didn't turn my microphone on so uh, welcome as we come um, this morning uh, on a lovely uh, bright morning as it is um, in the name of Jesus we welcome you in this place while you're visiting with us in person or indeed um, online uh, we hope you find a place at home here uh, as we worship God together. Um, we're going to read from uh, scriptures this morning as we always do from, to begin with and it comes from Micah Um, chapter 6 and verse 8, and it says, And what does the Lord require of you? But to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Uh, A call for us uh, as individuals and collectively as a congregation to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Uh, A call that resonates deep into our souls as we come um, to worship.
1: The reading today is taken from Galatians 6, reading verses 1 to 10. Brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers.
0: So we're the last in the series of Galatians, born to be free. Um, This is uh, chapter 6, we finish um, this today. We've seen that um, in this series it's all about receiving freedom in Christ, about finding ourselves in in Him. We've seen that uh, boundaries um, within that um, create a space that we can grow, uh, a space in which we remain safe. Uh, Galatians 5 and 1 says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, so stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again with the yoke of slavery where they let go of the shackles that holds us back. Uh, we've looked at the fact that if the Christian faith was to be defined in three words, it would be faith alone, grace alone, and Christ alone, that we find our location, our identity in him. One of the weeks we looked at that picture of the elephant tied to a huge stick, so that it couldn't run away, and gradually the stick lowered and lowered um, until it's a tiny little pin in the ground. And it could walk away if it wanted to, but it had been conditioned to remain in that space. Asking ourselves the question, what shackles us, what holds us back, what conditions us to remain where we are in our comfort zone and not move forward? A couple of weeks ago, we looked at the difference between an heir and a slave, how we receive the inheritance that have been given to us eh, and for us. Last week, we looked at the fact that there's a battle raging constantly for our hearts and for our minds and raging all around us as we live our lives. Uh, how we can put in place things that help us in that battle uh, and hold us true to what it is that God has for us. And so this week we conclude in chapter six. But before we do that, let's just pray uh, as we seek God's word. Father God, we thank you that you are present with us in this space at this time. Help us by your Spirit on this Trinity Sunday to understand more of who you are and what you have done for us. We might live for your glory and in your power. Amen. Galatians 6 starts with these words. Brothers, and actually that's not a gender-specific Greek word, so it's everybody, it's people. If someone is caught in a sin, you are, you, you who are spiritual should gently restore them. It's really easy sometimes to look around us, isn't it? It's sometimes easy to look at the other person and say... Look at them. The preacher's included is, as he says that. Sometimes it's easy to point at a finger. And it's easy to compare others. I remember uh, at school, whenever we used to do that in our primary school, I used to point at somebody and say, it wasn't me, miss, it was him. It was him, over there, over the honour, actually, probably what we said. Over the honour, it was him. And she used to look at us and say, aye, there's three pointing back at you. Um, And I suppose she did that to make us as individuals think that whenever we point the finger, there's more pointing back at us. That biblical concept, I suppose, that Jesus says that, why do you try to take the log out of the, the sawdust out of your neighbor's eye whenever there's a log in your own? Sometimes we need to examine ourselves, understand who we are and what our standing is, in order that we can speak love and grace those around us it tells us to restore them gently often that's not what we see either sure it's not uh, we live in a culture uh, in a world uh, where if somebody does something wrong it's immediate tearing down and immediate resignation and immediate this and immediate that uh, there seems to be little restoration happens to those individuals in our world Or little space for restoration happen for individuals in our world the church uh, as paul is writing to the church in galatia the church should be the place that allows restoration to happen the church should be the place that allows grace and love to be existed to exist the church should be the place where we can gently say to someone who is straying from the path of righteousness straying from the path of walking with jesus hold on a wee minute Not that I'm perfect, but what about this? Let me walk with you in this. Let me strengthen you. Let me hold you up. Let me encourage you in this. That's what it says in 1st 2. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. That is so much more than simply saying, I know how you feel. It's more than simply saying, I will be there or I will pray for you. Often we, whenever you're going through a particular situation uh, and you're finding it exceptionally difficult and you find someone else drawing alongside you and saying, I know exactly how you feel, what's your immediate response? (laughs) Oh, you have no idea how I feel, (laughs) excuse me. And kind of the heckles go up on us and there's, there's almost a little barrier then between us and the other person because you're immediately thinking, it doesn't really matter what that person says at this point because they don't really know how I feel because it's me who's going through this. And so as we draw alongside, as we carry each other's burdens, sometimes it's simply about a ministry of presence. Sometimes it's about the person knowing that you are there for them and the space if they want to talk to talk. The space where you can encourage them and hold them up. The space where you can say, I hear that this is a difficult time for you. What can I do to help? And so we carry each other's burdens. And as we carry each other's burdens in this space and in this church, that becomes an attractive place for other people to be. That becomes a real invitation to those who don't yet know Christ, he can say, look at that place. Look how they welcome. Look how they love. Look how they restore. Because verse 3 says, If anyone thinks he is something, whenever he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions, that he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else. For each one should carry his own load. If anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. We live in a, I know I keep saying this phrase today, we live in a culture all around us where it's all about me. The selfie culture where we're constantly um, trying um, to take pictures. If anyone thinks they are something, he is nothing, he deceives himself. Last weekend, um, for those four days, you couldn't really have missed the fact that it was the Queen's Jubilee. Um, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. And lots of stories uh, had been told about her. And, and one of the stories that stuck out for me through those hundreds of that we've read or listened to over the last uh, few days was the story of one of her bodyguards who was walking with her in the hills in Scotland um, and met two American tourists walking uh, close by. And they came over to talk and as they entered into a conversation, the Queen, not saying who she was, just simply entered into a conversation uh, with these individuals. And then these two Americans said, I hear, no, know, ask the queen, um, do you, have you been coming here long, or is there somewhere you come off? And she says, I've been coming here as a child. I have a holiday home just over the hills, which would be Balmoral. I have a holiday home just over the hill. Um, and they said, oh, we hear that the, the queen lives around here. Have you ever met her or bumped into her? Uh, and she said, well, no, not, not I, but he bumps into her quite regularly. <laughs> At which point, the two Americans began taking selfies with the queen's bodyguard because they wanted to go home and share with people that they had met someone so close to the queen. Um, then the queen said she would take a picture of them with the bodyguard. And so they took a picture with her bodyguard. And then she got into the picture and they, all four of them had a picture. Uh, and they all passed pleasantly and they left. And she did not describe who she was uh, to them. And as she walked away, her bodyguard says, his abiding memory was the little giggle that she gave And then this sort of phrase, I'd like to be a fly on the wall whenever they show that photo (laughs) to all their friends back home. But sometimes we get a sense of self-importance about ourselves that isn't actually true. And sometimes it's whenever we are in that walking humbly, as we started our service with today, that actually our greatest limelight appears before us. Our greatest opportunities appear before us. Because it's in our humility. It's not thinking that we are the best things in sliced bread. It's not thinking that we are the best at Acts, Y, or It's not thinking that we are above someone else. It's in our humility, in walking in that humility, that the Lord offers the greatest opportunities for us to shine the brightest. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else. (laughs) Comparing ourselves to someone else. Because self-awareness is the key. We can't do the same thing as everybody else. We're not designed to do that. If every animal in the world was measured against how it could climb a tree, the fish wouldn't be very good, would they? If every animal was measured against how it could swim, the monkey wouldn't be very good, would it? But each are measured against a set of parameters that are for them. But yet we, preacher included, sometimes are in the habit of measuring ourselves against other people and then thinking that we're not very good. But whenever we have freedom... Freedom with the boundaries around it that allows us to grow and to flourish. Then we realize that we have been given gifts by God to serve Him, to walk humbly with Him, to act justly and to love mercy so that we can shine brightly for Him. Because we said before in this series, it's not about me, it's all about Him. He must increase and I must decrease. Verse 6 says, anyone who receives instruction in the Word must share all good things with his instructor. So do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. We're back to the culture thing again, aren't we? We we live in a culture which is mocking the God that we've come to worship today. Often uh, setting aside, ridiculing it, and actually calling those who believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the God who is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. We can be ridiculed for that. But God cannot be mocked. He can take all the mocking that is out there because he's big enough for that, but he cannot be mocked. There's a difference between that. He's big enough to take all of the mocking that is thrown at him, but he cannot be mocked because he is who he says he is. That even whenever we are not faithful, he remains faithful, as the Scriptures say. So, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that desire will reap destruction. And the one who sows to, the, to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And so, here's the battle again today destruction over life. Which one do we choose? If we sow into that place that is negative, if we sow into that place, of a sinful nature, then we will reap destruction because the scriptures are clear that if we live and continue to live in sin, then we are not walking with the Lord. If we are not walking with the Lord, if we not receive Him as our Savior into our lives and pushing forward with Him, then life in all of its fullness does not come to us. But if we sow from the Spirit, if we sow in the things of God, if we act justly, love mercy, walk humbly, if we do those things. If we live a life of freedom with the boundaries that he has given us, flourishing under him and through him, then we will reap eternal life. That's what the scripture say today. Not the preacher. That's what the scripture is saying today. So let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not Give up. Sometimes we do things and we do things and we do things and we keep doing things and we serve in certain ways and we believe that we are sowing seeds, but we never see a harvest from it. We never see the outcome of it. And that can be hard and weary, actually. It becomes wearisome. But this scripture is encouraging us. Let us not become weary in doing the good that we do for the Lord. Because we know that. We stand on the truth and on the promise that we will reap a harvest from it. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I gave away my age. Um, I, I'm out of a certain vintage and a certain age now where I'm... <laughs> I've been in ministry long enough. I'm now old enough to see people who were m- children in my sort of Sunday school, children who I was responsible for as a children's worker, now actually growing up and becoming ministers and pastors in their own church. I'm now at a stage where um, 22 years ago, um, I used to sit every Sunday night with a little fella um, and I used to go home from that uh, youth fellowship beating my head against the wall thinking, for goodness sake, would he ever get up? Would he ever just sit there? And let me do what I had planned to do. I just would, I just would. Oh. I was preaching at a harvest a number of years ago. Uh, and at the bonfire after it, this, young fellow came up to me and he said, do you remember me? Do I remember you? He grained in my memory. I still have the bruise. And he laughed. He says, I know I was such a frustration for you. He says, do you know what I'm doing now? I says, what? He says, I'm a, I'm a deacon in my church. He says, but i was smuggled Bibles into the China last summer. I was like, what? Yeah. He says, what? He says, yeah. And all of a sudden, I was able to see a glimpse of a harvest of the seeds that were sown that I didn't do. It wasn't me. There was lots in his story, lots in his journey, lots of people. But some of those little seeds that I had sown, and he would come back to say, thank you. Those little seeds that I had sown were reaping a harvest. So do not be weary in doing good. Do not be weary in serving the Lord where he has you serving him for your proper time at the proper time, and That's the key to that verse. At the proper time, in God's timing, you will see the harvest. Therefore, if we have the opportunity, let us, as 1st 10 says, therefore, if we have that opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. In one sense, that 1st 10 looks quite self-centric. Uh, It looks very much that we should look after those who are a part of the church and not worry about those who are around us. In other words, not worry about outreach or evangelism or not worry about sharing our story with our family and our friends. Let me read it again. Therefore, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. But I think Paul knew what he was saying in this verse. I think Paul knew it because here's my take on it, if you like. Whenever we look out for each other here, but have the peripheral vision to see out there that it's not just about us, that it is about everyone, that it is about our whole community. But whenever we look out for each other here, we become a community that is attractive. In a world, in a world that is all about me and is self-centric, a little community that looks out for each other, that grows community amongst itself, becomes a really attractive place because people crave community and relationship with other people. So let's not give up or become weary in doing good. Let's carry each other's burdens. Let's look after each other, sowing the seeds that will reap a harvest for God's kingdom in this community. As we act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before our God. Well, as we conclude, uh, we remember those verses that we find in Ephesians chapter 3, in verse 20 For him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, seek, or would even dare to imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. So may God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.